Hello, everyone. How have you been? This is Podbytes. I'm Valentina Caladina. We are live on CastBox every Wednesday. It's 6.30 in the morning in Palo Alto, 9.30 in New York, and half past two in the afternoon in the UK. Welcome to Podbytes, listeners from all over the world. Podbytes is a live interactive show where we talk about podcasting. This is episode number 10. Let's celebrate our small anniversary with a glass of orange juice. For questions and comments, please call or text. I look forward to hearing from you guys. In Podbytes, we invite investors, podcasters, and other key opinion leaders to share their insights into the future of the podcast industry. The show is recorded live and uploaded as a podcast episode afterwards. You guys can engage with other listeners and guests by dialing in or writing comments in real time. You can also send virtual gifts to the host to support the show. You can find previous episodes of the show in Replace. Just go to CastBox and search for Podbytes. Podbytes is a show that goes live exclusively on CastBox. You're probably listening to us on your mobile device, Android or iOS, or via CastBox browser version on your laptop. Either way, you are using LiveCast, which is a new interactive feature of CastBox. LiveCast was created to help podcasters to engage with their listeners in real time. If you are a podcaster, you should definitely check it out. Hello, thanks everyone for joining. This is Podbytes. In Podbytes, we invite investors, podcasters, and other key opinion leaders to share their insights into the future of the podcast industry. The show is recorded live and uploaded as a podcast episode afterwards. You guys can engage with other listeners and guests by dialing in or writing comments in real time. You can also send virtual gifts to the host to support the show. You can find previous episodes of the show in replace. Just go to CastBox and search for Podbytes. Podbytes is a show that goes live exclusively on CastBox. You're probably listening to us on your mobile device, Android or iOS, or via CastBox browser version of your laptop. Either way, you're using LiveCast, which is a new interactive feature of CastBox. LiveCast was created to help podcasters to engage with their listeners in real time. If you're a podcaster, you should definitely check it out. A week ago, we were joined by Wei Zhang, who is a venture partner at GenFund, one of the most respected early-stage investors in China. GenFund invested into a few companies in the media and entertainment industry, including podcasting. We were talking about how Google does the recruitment, why ex-Googlers are so special, what makes a great entrepreneur, and how to be sure you keep up with the fast-changing world. And what's most interesting, Wei shared his idea on which areas in media and entertainment are the most attractive for the investors at the moment. In today's episode, we'll be talking a lot about podcast content creation. We will discuss what is the difference between radio and podcast content, podcasting as business, and some key things about podcasting in Europe. And what is most exciting, we are going to talk about football. In a few minutes, we'll talk to Ant McGinley, who is a radio presenter at Communicorp UK and producer of several podcasts, including award-winning On the Left Side. It's going to be an interesting discussion. You can type your questions in the chat window and call in. But before we start the interview, let's look through some of the recent news in podcasting. The efforts in audio podcast festival took place last week in the U.S. in Brooklyn. The festival was highlighting minority podcasters. 
The festival also marked the launch of Afros in Audio's Industry and Business Partnership Initiative. The initiative is designed to align business and industry leadership with Black podcast creators, tech professionals, digital agencies, media networks, and others. Reporting Amsterdamuse.com. Another podcasting event featuring minorities took place on the June 27 in Los Angeles. The event was called An Extraordinary Evening for Podcasters of Color. Castbox supported the event, and our team members really enjoyed interacting with podcasters there. Thanks, everyone who was able to join. One more. September is the International Podcast Month, with more than 100 podcasts participating in this initiative. The organizers have launched their Indiegogo campaign to pay for the fees and provide gifts. International Podcast Month initiative is about the collaboration of the podcast community, reporting pod news. NPR has written an article about the growing trend of poetry podcasts. In one of the last episodes of PodBytes, I was telling about my impressions from the London Podcast Day conference. Do you remember that episode, guys? So it just uh, happened a few weeks ago. So I highly recommend you to check out London Podcast Day conference. And there I was able to see and listen to George the Poet, who is a famous British podcaster and poet, and who impressively won five British Podcast Awards this year. So I can definitely see the increasing popularity of poetry in podcasts. Yeah, thank you guys for joining. Let us know if you have questions. Tom, Terry, Indira. <laughs> yes. Hi, Simple Life. It's great to... Yeah, thank you for joining. And the last one, last one, uh, especially for those who are listening to us in Europe, a new event will be here this autumn. Quark Podcast Festival gets underway across the city from October 11th to October 13th. It will be held at various venues in Cork, including the Cork Opera House and Crawford Art Gallery. There are also activities in bars, bookstores, and other places reporting Irish Examiner. All right, now back to the interview. This is Podbytes Talk Show. I'm Valentina Kaledina. Today, we're lucky to have a very special guest, a podcaster from the UK, Ant McGinley. We even changed the timing for the show this week to give a chance to our European listeners to tune in and listen in real time. Anne started his love affair with audio on a student radio station in 1996. After graduation, he went to work for BBC Radio 1, Classic FM and Kerrang Radio. He made his first podcast in 2005, only stopping because he took the opportunity to present a morning show on commercial radio. In 2013, he took a leap of faith and decided that podcasting was the future. Since then, he's made about 250 podcast episodes and picked up three nominations, including one award for his work. Statistically, this means at least one in every 100 episodes he does is quite good. He picked up the award for his satirical football show on the left side, which he makes with his longtime colleague Jim Selvison. The show has won critical acclaim and led to them both being hired to create new podcast content for the Communicorp radio group. And is based in Manchester, UK, but his passion and experience has led him to being invited to speak on podcasting, at events, and on radio stations around the world. One of the examples is the world's largest podcast conference, Podcast Movement, where he was with Hey Kiss Keynote Presentation. 
podcasting from nothing. I like this one. In this talk, Ant guides the room from starting without any idea or equipment to releasing a show on all good podcast apps, including CastBox, in just 20 minutes. So probably we'll talk about that today. As well as producing and talking about audio content, he offers consultation and creation advice to companies and individuals who want to launch their own podcast. He also has a huge red beard, which would be the envy of any Game of Thrones fan. Hi, Ant. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Valentina. It's yeah, pleasure to you. have you here. Thank you for changing the time as well and to celebrate it's unseasonably sunny here in Manchester. Usually it rains all the time, but uh, we're having a week of sun. So oh, up. that's that's great. That's great. Yeah, and this week we decided to change our normal time for the Podbyte show to let people in Europe to listen to the show as well. Thank you to everybody listening as well. I'm really excited to be part of this because I've listened since uh, since I met you about a month ago and I, I listened to one of the earlier episodes of Podbytes Live. I've listened to lots of different ones. I've just been dipping in and I think this ability to live podcast, uh, although at first it seems very similar to Facebook Live or Instagram Live, there's something very exciting about it and, and I think there's a real game changer in the podcast space. So Thank, thank you. you. Okay, so I want to share a bit behind the scenes story. Uh, we know each other in person and recently we both were at the podcast day in London and I already know a bunch of insights on how Ant does his podcasts, but I always find that Ant knows so much and whatever he shares is so interesting. So I really look forward to asking questions in the next 15 minutes. I, I promise to answer them all as best as I can. Okay. Here on Podbytes, we discuss podcasting from different angles, and I always want to talk more about the content part because the stories, the topics, and the specific audience are what make each podcast a unique product. So I go ahead with introduction a bit. And you are involved in a few podcasts, mainly as a producer and writer. So you've got on the left side uh, that is being created together with Jim Salveson, and yep. you've got... Right, we'll talk about the, this one later because it's a great, a great podcast. And also, you've got Mick's martial art podcast. This one you make yeah. together with Mick Tully. Tully, yeah, who's my oh. martial arts instructor. Um, and I, I generally, I just feel like I'm his punch bag sometimes. But uh, and he's a he's a great example there of how you know you don't need a, a, a background in radio to to make great audio because Mick is uh, is a builder by trade. And he he's actually he's deaf in one ear and he um, talks and talks and talks and sometimes never seems to ask a question. So <laughs> from a traditional point of view, you would not think he would be the, the right choice for a presenter. But because he's authentic and he's real and he's living the life and, and, and doing martial arts every day of his life and training with some incredible people, he um, is the perfect person to do that show because... It's real, it's authentic, and the stories and engagement he gets from the guests on his show mm -hmm. is something that no skilled presenter, I don't think, could match. All right. We will talk about that later. And uh, also, another podcast that you've got, you are involved in developing the podcast called Mondel Law. Yes. Um, so that's uh, with Alex Boardman, who's a stand-up comedian who did a law degree. 
and Chris Keogh, who's a barrister who does stand-up comedy. And what they do in that show is they discuss legal cases and help you study for the law degree while sitting in a Ford Mondeo, hence Mondeo Law. Yeah, this is also a very unique and funny thing. Okay, great. So we start from your the most probably famous podcast, which is called On the Left Side. And I am going to play a short clip from this podcast just to introduce it to our audience. You'd be wrong for thinking that because Manchester City dared to lose 1-0 to Spurs in the first leg of the Champions League quarterfinal and in doing so by losing the only game that it was effectively possible to lose and still be in the hunt for a historic quadruple, by losing that game, the club were plunged into crisis. A crisis that threw some fans into a mad panic like this guy on Talk Sport. On my screen, he says, Gary, Man City fan, I want Pep out. Yeah, I want Pep out. <laughs> Not a laughing matter. Stop laughing at me. He's brilliant in the league. I can't doubt it. But in the Champions League, he's a board job. Every fan base has supporters that let it down at times. Chelsea has those guys that threw abuse at Raheem Sterling. West Ham has those knobheads who sung anti-Semitic chants. And City... Well, City's got that guy. He's a bottle job. I'm not sure that calling Pep a bottle job and questioning his trophy hall is the wisest angle to take on this particular argument. It's only going to end up a little bit like that scene in Monty Python's Life of Brian. I mean, apart from three La Ligas, two Copa del Reyes, three Super Cups, two Champions Leagues, three Bundesliga titles, three World Club Cups... <clears throat> Don't forget the League Cups. Two League Cups and one Premier League title. What has Pep Guardiola won lately? Okay, that was the small episode from the podcast called On the Left Side. Some of the podcasters start doing their podcasts as a hobby. They are saying, we start podcasts about, for example, collecting butterflies because we are really fond of it. Was it the case for you when you started On the Left Side? Um, yeah, well, I, I, I've known Jim. We've known each other for 20 years and there's two things we've always loved has been football and audio and, and radio. We actually met uh, in, in a radio studio as students. And um, what happened was we were very, both very excited about podcasting. I'd done a little bit of it before with some help from Jim. We both moved away and worked in radio for a few years. And then it, it came uh, to a point where we were both out of work at the time and we wanted to keep doing something creative and so Jim had this idea and it started off so it, it kind of did start off like a more like a hobby in that sense uh -huh. and what what the idea was with that was there's lots of football content out there there's everywhere you know it's one of the biggest um, areas that if you look at just TV coverage radio coverage and of course uh, podcasting lots and lots of content out there Uh, but we wanted to try and do something very different. And that's, I believe, what we've managed to do and come up with. And that was to not just talk about the, the games that had happened and have the, the traditional footballing podcast will be a couple of guys um, talking after a game about what happened. Now, we wanted to keep that sense and energy and sense of humor, but add so much more to it and use the skills that we had and the sense of humor to create something a little more interesting and exciting and then became very much a labor of love where <laughs> I think around about the the first year we were doing the show 
we were making 15 minute episodes, 10, 15 minute episodes. And it would take us about an hour for every minute that you heard, um, which is a lot of time to put into that, especially when you have other things to do and families. Oh, definitely. But that was, that very much gave us uh, a unique sound in what we did. So the, the time we spend goes into, we'll, we'll spend the week scouring the web and social media for stories, uh, newspapers, other, other radio shows. Um, you heard a little bit there where we heard a caller on another radio station. We used that. Uh, and then what we do is we, we pick them out and we, we have an angle on it. We come up with a, a script around that. Jim will do most of the writing here. Mm-hmm. together and then I'll take it away and do most of the production and then we have a couple of friends that will lend different voices and impressions and we just add layer and layer and layer onto it and mm-hmm. if if I'm honest we, we probably could spend more time on each episode but there isn't enough time because we want to move on and and so ever since October 2015 uh, we've had at least one episode out every Monday um, for more or less four years, apart from apart from little breaks that we're having. So right now we're on a, on a little break in the summer, uh, but we um, have done that consistently. And that sometimes we've expanded that to doing two episodes a week. And um, it's been a real learning curve. It's like I say to people who want to get into podcasting, there's lots of courses you can go on. There's lots of people you can, speak to and hire to teach you and I, I recommend that but also actually going out and doing it for yourself you will learn so much more because you will find out what you need to know for you and you'll make mis- mistakes that are specific to you and you will engage with your audience and you'll just find what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy right so it's impressive you do one hour editing to come up with just one minute of content sometimes. And this is not just a talk, right? Uh, this is a fully scripted show. There is music. There are additional voices and sounds. So could you talk a little bit more in details uh, about the process? So how do you come up with the idea first? Uh, how do you choose the idea for the episode and who chooses this? And then how do you edit? And then how do you do recording? Sure. So we... Uh, use Slack, which is very useful for us for doing this, uh, for messaging each other. And sometimes the most useful thing with that is just the the fact that any message you put in is timestamped. So I might hear something on the radio or see something on the TV, and I can very quickly go, oh, you know, um, Phil Neville just said this about the Women's World Cup. And then later that makes it so much easier for us to both re-listen to that clip or watch that clip again and maybe uh, work on the angle that we would have for that clip or if that fits in. We also have a um, a, a filter. So so when we started doing the show, we, we decided that we had a very loose theme to the show, which was, oh, we're just going to make fun of football. We're just going to make fun of everybody in football. And um, very quickly we hit a problem with that um, because there was the attacks in Paris um, and also the football stadium. And 
the, obviously the Bataclan was the main event, but there was also nearby there was a big football game happening. Yes. And, and there was also people uh, affected that had gone to that game and people were related. And so suddenly we were like, well, how do we do we do this and still be sensitive and respectful of what's happening? And we, we suddenly realized that with, with the way we'd started out by just making fun of everything, we, we couldn't do that. It didn't work. So we avoided it in the end. We, ju we just decided not to, to reflect that. And then we, that helped us reform our direction. So we came up with a filter and a, a, an identity for the show, which was not that we take, we make fun of everything. It was <laughs> that we, we represent what it's like to be a fan of football. So like you in the pub with your friends, so the same conversations and jokes that you make with your friends. And also we try not to do what they do on the big football program. So match of the day in the UK or whatever the, the programs you may watch wherever you are. And so we, we then changed the focus of the show and it wasn't about which team, necessarily which team won or um, which player had been transferred for the most money. It was more about the the strange stories around football, like the fact that Tottenham and Hotspurs were going to make a stadium with a cheese room, or that right. um, a dog had come onto the pitch in a game in Argentina, the company decided to interview the dog. So those were the, the kind of stories. Um, and then we were, um, so both of us are based in Manchester, and we had our own uh, tragedy here. Um, a few years ago when we had the bomb at the arena and again there was a connection with football there because they used the the manchester city stadium as the relocation center for people that had been affected both football clubs got heavily involved and then a few days after the the bomb attack manchester united played and won the european cup um final the europa league final and the whole city got behind united and so by that point, we, we were comfortable enough to then discuss this in the show, even though initially it was a, it was a comedy show. So this mm -hmm. is more of a, a, a creative approach to how we did that. And, and what, what was the reaction of your listeners? Well, it, it made it more powerful in that sense because we were a very lighthearted comedy show about things. Our ability to suddenly stop and then talk about something that was serious had a real impact and one of the one of the proudest things that we've done recently was we did a show just before christmas uh with the racist chanting that happened to raheem sterling and this had been something that we'd um picked up on quite a lot because we'd often highlighted and mocked the newspapers that had been very racist in their stories about raheem sterling And then um, the, the, we, we did a whole episode about it. And it's a very serious subject. It's not a, you know, like all, all these things that it, it's not a, a very comfortable conversation to have sometimes with people. Yet we were still able to have a, 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 a lighthearted approach to what we were doing. But then when we were able to stop and, and shine a light on what was happening, it, it can be very powerful. And the wonderful thing about, about being a podcaster which people don't realize is when you, you when you have a podcast 
you're not just a presenter you're not just a producer you're effectively the ceo the managing director of a, your own broadcast company you get to you get to decide what you talk about you get to decide how long the show is you get to decide if you suddenly change format or change direction or change stance and you can do that and, and i see a lot of people who feel that they have to do what they did last week or what they did last month podcasting frees you from that ability and also it can be very powerful that way as well yeah so the the the, the response was very powerful and, and that put us in a, in a in a great position then so now we we went that's the growth that i've seen myself so we we went started off from something we didn't expect to happen which was horrible and tragic and we just didn't know how to deal with it whereas now we're not afraid to talk about these things and i think if you if you look around um comedy is a, one of the ways that people sometimes deal with these things and i'm not saying that we, we we laugh at people's tragedy at all not at all um that, that's not what we do but we're, we're able to then take on a subject and tackle it and sometimes just by acknowledging that this happened I'm not sure I explained myself very well there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got a lot of jokes about Jose Mourinho or Pep Guardiola or other, you know, interesting, uh, interesting personalities that are kind of uh, sometimes funny by themselves. But you use uh, you use an actor. Can you talk a little bit more about how you use actors? Yeah, so um, the the wonderful thing about that is, is been a lot of the voices that we use has come through the podcast community. And so we've often reached out and said, you know, we, we need some help, we need some voices, and people have come together and become part of the family. And sometimes uh, sometimes you need somebody, it's nice for the, for the joke to work if you have somebody who sounds like the person in question. And we're very blessed that we've got a... A, ch a chap by the name of uh, Benjamin Nicholas, who is a very talented comedian and in impersonator, who can do, I don't know how many voices, and he, he does them so well. So that-, that Yeah, he's impressive. He's really uh, impressive. That, 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 that really brings our, our writing to life. And if you're in, UK, in the UK in August, he's doing a live show in Nottingham at the end of the month. So, uh, Uh, stay tuned for details on that. Um, no, he, he is he's very funny and and it's great and um, we, we're able to, to do this together. So uh, we, we're able to give him a platform to show off something he does, and uh, we get to work with, with somebody very talented. But sometimes we sometimes we, um, we we can't get. It's a voice that we need that Ben doesn't do. Uh, or maybe Ben's busy and we can't get hold of him. So sometimes what we will do is we'll do uh, a deliberately awful impression or just a very strong accent um, of a particular person to make it, um, to, to give it a sense. It's something, there's, there was a TV show here in the 90s called Eurotrash. And mm -hmm. whenever they would have a um, somebody speaking in a foreign language, German, French, Italian, um, they would use a, a, a British regional accent. That was quite funny, and that, that was that was kind of the inspiration behind that. But the a, a lot of the a lot of the humor comes in the writing, which I can take credit for. But then it's it's very much a whole thing that comes together. And we, the the exciting thing about it is that we never really know what we're going to have in the show until we make the show. 
because mm-hmm. it react it's a reactionary show which in some ways is isn't necessarily what a podcast should be you know there is an argument that says a podcast should be a piece of content that's evergreen that's as relevant to you if you listen today as if you listen in three years but um we're we're targeting the audience of that week that's our peak audience now of course you can go back and listen to the show and please do I'd, i would love you to go back and listen to the show there's almost 250 episodes there for you to go back and listen to and uh, of varying lengths and i think even though the stories are not necessarily fresh okay. so uh, topical so brand new um, uh-huh. but the actual the, the the way we've treated and told the stories i think is still humorous and valid and the nicest compliments among the nicest compliments that we've ever had are a few people that have told us that they don't even like football, but they enjoy listening to the show, <laughs> which, which is lovely. But the, the whole thing, is, it, it's, it's a journey in creation. So we react to what's happening. And then Jim has this ability to take several stories and put them together. And we kind of create a narrative. And as I say, that can be as little as six minutes. In longer episodes, it can go for 20 or 30 minutes, depending on how much time we have available and what's happened. One question about your audience. Uh, in the podcast, sometimes you speak vulgar language and uh, you sometimes have kind of locker room jokes. So I was wondering how big is the portion of the female audience that you have? Uh, yeah, so the, the vulgar, vulgar language, yes, there is. So we started out when we, when we started, and, and that's just something to be aware of. Not every episode, but we, we do tag it as being explicit. Yeah, not every episode has... Language sometimes it does. When we started the show, we would use uh, sensor bleep. So you would hear uh, instead of the swear word, you would hear the high pitched beep, which can sometimes be be funnier. And then as as the show progressed, sometimes we would use the bleep, sometimes we wouldn't. And we wanted to explore the space that because the podcast is an opt in, as long as people are aware of it coming into that, they they, they kind of if it felt relevant, if it felt passionate, if it felt legitimate to use the vulgar language now we don't just swear for we don't just swear for the sake of swearing although there can be a lot of swearing in some episodes it is used to emphasize a point and in terms of the 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 locker room language that tends to be just us actually highlighting what's happened and been said by people within the football world it's not a case of us having that sort of opinion or view on the world as such it's just as actually repeating what people have done and said and highlighting it and then we mock that so we're not necessarily a um I, yeah I, w- i wouldn't really describe us as, as as a locker room podcast particularly but it does reflect what happens and what is said and has an opinion on that and that opinion okay. is usually angry and sarcastic yeah okay sure i i, I think whoever is Following the football, more or less, people are aware of the uh, language that people speak sometimes, you know, during the game. So it's it's totally fine. Yeah, uh, my question was about female audience. Do you have any idea? I actually don't know that. So I, 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 I'm not 100% sure. I, I think that the majority of our audience is male simply because... It, it tends to be that with football, but we do uh, meet a lot of female fans 
and a, a lot of people that enjoy the show. So I, I cannot give an actual, actual figure on that, but I haven't, we don't necessarily have uh, the, the figures on that. So I, I couldn't say, uh, but I would, I would okay. welcome anybody to come and listen to the show. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I enjoyed listening to the show for sure. So just uh, really highly recommend to everyone. One more, uh, one more thing. You support Manchester City. How do you feel when you make jokes about them? Yeah, so this this is one of the things about the podcast is that we describe ourselves as being agnostic. So a lot of football podcasts out there are allied to one show, so one team, should I say. So you will have a Juventus podcast or a Real Madrid podcast or a Chelsea podcast, and that's all that it's about. And we're about all teams. And because we're about all teams, we have to, like, you know, treat all teams equally, which we do. And so sometimes the jokes are ours. A lot of the jokes that we use are actually reflecting and highlighting jokes from social media so we'll pick out tweets or instagram stories that people have done about their particular team and invariably that that does happen so there's lots of jokes about um manchester city having a very quiet stadium so there's lots of opportunity and, and fun from a production point of view to have the sound of crickets and tumbleweeds uh, to reflect the audience or the, the crowd at a Manchester City game. And similarly, uh, Jim is a, a West Ham fan. Uh, oh, really? I was going to ask. We, yeah, I was going to ask this question. <laughs> okay, West Ham fan. Yeah. So, he, yeah, so that's why he's so miserable and angry all the time. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Okay, nice. Uh, so last thing that is important for content creators, if uh, I remember correctly, you got your accreditation for the matches of English Premier League thanks to the podcast. So can you share your experience on that? Yes. So so this this is just one of the things that I, I find really exciting about podcasting in general. So at, at the minute, it's not established enough that there is a career path similar to the way there is with the media organizations. So existing media like radio and TV, where you may serve your time as a runner, then become a researcher, then maybe a, a broadcast assistant, and so on. Podcasting is still finding its feet. It's still a wild west in many ways. So one of the things that we found through doing on the left side, we, we did this thing that we, we loved, we were passionate about, similar to... Uh, you may may have friends who are in a band. You know they 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 maybe don't have a record deal. They maybe don't have any money, but they still rehearse and they still go to the gigs every week. That's what we did. And through doing the show and the exposure and the feedback that we got from the show, we started to get other things around it. So we were offered uh, other work. So we created a show uh, which which Jim worked on. You can still find on YouTube actually, which was. Before the Brexit vote, it was an educational <laughs> video about the Brexit vote. So you can blame Jim completely for Brexit. <laughs> that's that's all I'll say in that. Um, oh, no. <laughs> and then we, both, yeah, and then we were both hired for various jobs because of the exposure that we we'd done through on the left side. So initially, we didn't make any money at all through through on the left side. But what happened was people approached us because of what we did and asked us to come and do other things, and. Uh, through that, what happened was uh, we were both invited to work for Communicorp Group to produce football shows for them. And that uh, led to us um, being given these press passes accreditation, which allows us to go to Premier League press conferences, training sessions, 
And when they let us, we get to go to the Premier League games as well for mm-hmm. free. And uh, that's that's obviously quite an exciting thing. But also, it, it, it's it's nice to see because you're there effectively as a podcaster. And when I'll go to the games, I'll be sat in front of the BBC radio. I'll be sat mm-hmm. uh, across from the Sky TV journalists. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's amazing. Yeah, and so I think that says as well for... That's a kind of reflection. Now, now I'm, I'm obviously there through my, my radio um, work, but it does feel like I'm there because of podcasting. And for me, that says we now are reaching a time where podcasting has an equal weight to these other giants of media. Right. This sounds really promising. And I think this might be a very inspiring uh, example for the podcasters. Okay, before we move to the next topic, I just remind to all our listeners that on the left side is a winner of the UK's Audio and Radio Industry Awards, and it won the Bronze Award for Best Sports Show Podcast. Okay. Woo! <laughs> so let's talk uh, really quickly about another podcast, which is Mix Martial Art Podcast. So Mick is talking about uh, Thai boxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, MMA, Um, my question to you everything. is, uh, yeah, everything, all the martial arts. Are you interested? Are you exposed to this topic yourself? Yeah, I am. So I actually I actually met Mick during martial arts, and he is uh, one of my instructors now. Now, that this is not to make me out to be some kind of new Bruce Lee. I'm not. I'm, I'm the guy that screams out in pain and, and gets thrown around a lot. But I really mm-hmm. enjoy martial arts, as, as and I think it's a really good tool for personal development and I don't train as much as I should but I, I do train when I can and as a result of, of doing things with the podcast it's exposed me to some incredible people so I've been lucky enough to train with people who are very talented at the top of their game and the, the, the most famous is Dan Inosanto who is now in his 80s and he was Bruce Lee's original training partner And it's wonderful to have been able to, you know, spend a few hours and, and be taught by a man with that lineage. And mm-hmm. at the same time, we constantly meet and work with people that in the future may be looked back at with, with such such love. And for me, that that whole show came about simply because I was in a car with Mick and I was in the back seat and Mick was in the front seat talking to an American chap called Rick Fay we'd been training with and I just sat in the back and I listened to the conversation the two of them had and because they'd known each other a long time and also because they trained together a lot there was a different way of knowing each other and I thought that was very interesting and Mick had always said to me that he could talk to somebody for an hour and know nothing about them but if mm-hmm. he was to roll on the mat with them for five minutes He could tell you about their job, their relationship, their, their financial situation, because just physically, you know, those things are more obvious. And so we had this idea of, of doing a show which was not just a traditional interview show where people sit down and talk to each other that may never have met. The idea behind this show was that you would talk to each other and then wrestle or wrestle and then talk to each other. So mm-hmm. it potentially could make a, a, a great TV show. It's very difficult to mic up people when they're wrestling, though. So, right. we, um, so we, we would do we would do the show before or after, and um, that's been a really nice show to work on. And it's got a very clear, very defined, 
very dedicated our audience. It's also taught me a very important lesson, especially as we've moved towards voice-operated technology. And this is something for anybody who is looking to name your podcast right now. And when we when we came up with the name, because Mick is a Mick, we, we did a play on the name Mixed Martial Arts. So mm-hmm. Mick Mixed. And we thought that's very good, very funny. It looks great written down. However, whenever you say that to people... People instantly go and look for M-I-X or M-I-T-D. They don't look for M-I-C-K-S. So that is that is my little plea to you for if if you're launching a podcast, is keep it very simple and something that can't be interpreted another way. So puns don't always work in terms of names for your show. (laughs) Okay, I got it. Great. I think I... Sorry if I forgot to read the comments from you guys. I had enough Harry saying podcasting is huge. Thanks for your comments. And it has been for a while. Yeah, definitely it's been uh, around for a while. But uh, nowadays it continues growing. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys, for joining. And thanks for your love. And thanks for your applause. Moving on. I think we've got about 15 minutes left, but I really have the full list of questions, the full list of topics that I still would like to talk to you about. Um, I will will answer as quickly as I can. (laughs) No, 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 not necessarily. We just can extend the length of the show, you know, not the traditional radio. Exactly. exactly. That's one of the great things about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Someone is saying a lot of credit goes to this American life. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely true. So, since you're a podcaster from the UK, let's talk about BBC. And it's a quote from one of your articles, quote of yours. So, Uh, while the BBC have things like budgets and staff and studios and equipment and marketing and followers and social media, podcasters have ideas, passion, dedication, and sometimes wardrobes with some foam, some proofing glued in. Why the BBC, or how you call it, anti-beep? is traditionally dominates yes. the podcasting in the UK. So the, the the thing with the BBC, the BBC has been simultaneously the best thing for podcasting in the UK and also in some ways the worst thing because what they've done with the BBC Sounds app, for example, which they launched last year, the BBC now give equal weighting to, uh, on the app, it's, it's, it's sold as uh, radio, music podcasts so that's a wonderful approach from the biggest media organization in the uk it's world famous wonderful that it gives it that equal weighting as as music and radio podcast is right there brilliant however the bbc has been podcasting for a number of years it's only in the last two years that they've started very slowly and very smallly making podcasts that are specifically podcast only up until that point, mo- almost all their podcasts were radio shows that were then repurposed as podcasts. Now, for me, that is not a podcast. And that does not mean just being a purist or being pedantic. I think mm. it's a very different mindset and technique. Yeah, why? 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 It's not a podcast. Example. Yeah, so the perfect perfect example was just there when you said, you know, well, that's, I've got more questions, but that's all right. We'll just talk for longer. And that's exactly what happens. And that's what happens in normal everyday life and conversation in in a bbc tv studio or an itv radio wherever you are in a radio studio what happens is they'll go i I, i'm sorry that's the music it's time for the news we'll talk to you next time 
and then they stop at an uncomfortable point and then the news comes on they have the weather the traffic report and then it's a completely different show and that's very that, that doesn't happen at home you know if, if you're if you're recording your podcast in your bedroom and somebody else is wanting to come in and record a podcast you know that's that doesn't really happen that doesn't happen you've got the freedom to keep going and mm. so ra- ra- radio has all these limits that podcasting doesn't have now we talked earlier about some of the language that i was using on the left side and it's similarly occasionally in the interviews with the people that we talk to on shows like mixed martial arts there will be bad language right but if you're working if you're working in a traditional radio environment most places you would censor that and so you have the opportunity to work with that censorship so that's one barrier uh, also you can change the time scale of it so actually it goes the other way as well sometimes a radio show you will hear an interview and it will be so boring because everything interesting was said in the first 10 minutes i really hope that's not the case with this but in uh, uh, every, everything interesting was said in the first 10 minutes but because they've booked a whole hour it becomes a really painful listen because they're trying to find out more interesting things and, and, and there isn't anything interesting there and so if that was a podcast i would say brilliant what a great 10 minutes we're gonna leave it there thanks very much see you next time and you have that freedom as a as a podcaster to do that so you can have one show that's 10 minutes long and the next minute it can be 45 minutes long and the next week it can be three hours long and you can change it wherever however you want because it's your show and and radio doesn't quite get it yet the bbc is starting to get it they have a wonderful guy jason phipps who is now in charge of the, the the podcasts there and if he does half of what i know he wants to do it will change and be better for it but at the minute it, it's still not quite there i and i i don't want to i don't want to bash the bbc at all because i think they're a wonderful institution and they do great things and i used to work for them but they, they've almost got podcasting they haven't quite got podcasting and that's actually an exciting thing as well because it means for for us as podcasters uh, we can lead the way to them and that can happen in a, a number of different ways it can you know it, it can mean that they feature you maybe they'll buy your podcaster featuring sounds or maybe they'll hire you to teach them and the the, the other advantage is is that you have so much more freedom to think and we were both at uh, podcast day radio days europe and we both enjoyed seeing george the poet um oh, yes. on stage with his wonderful uh podcast have you heard george's podcast which ag- again for me um and and if if you've not heard on the left side that's a really nice example of what i like to do i, I like to create something that sound just be, like right now this is a podcast it's legitimately a podcast what what me and valentino are doing right now is a podcast we're sharing it with doing that this is a very simplified version of it because <laughs> it would just talk we're just making sense. Right. whereas there are different ways you can do it where you can be more considered with the sound with the thinking with the scripting with all aspects that come into it and george's uh, have you heard george's podcast is a, is, is, is a wonderful example of that uh, radio lab is the show that kind of inspired me to get into podcasting as well and th- th- there's many many uh, podcasts out there which just show what can be done with, with the medium I think it is saying they have such a large catalog of high quality content though yeah that's for sure yes yeah 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 but okay. then, that's different you see that's 
it, it's it's great to have that as a back catalogue to go back to and listen to completely. But I think as as people outside of that, we have much more creativity and freedom. We have the ability to just go and do whatever we want. We we're not working within the same structure and restrictions, and that can lead to us creating something new that will push everything forward. Okay, and I feel for the next show, and or at least for one of my next shows, I have to invite someone from the BBC to talk to them and to <laughs> listen to their point of view. For sure, we'll do that. We'll do that. Okay, yeah, let's. That, that's exactly the kind of thing that she does. They have to have equal opinions, and you can you can be very biased on a podcast. <laughs> of course, right. Let's talk about podcasting as business. Many of the podcasters are seeking the ways how to grow their podcast as business or they want to produce more, more different podcasts to have some kind of a synergy between them. And many, many of them are trying, you know, various ways to monetize. Uh, you are quite experienced in it. Uh, previously, you had your own podcasting business and now you are going to launch a new one. What did you learn from yes. your previous experience? <laughs> well, two very simple things. First of all, businesses need to make money. If they don't make money, they don't last very long. And secondly, be very, very careful about who you go into business with. It's not just enough to be friends with someone. You need to explore. And, and, and contracts are wonderfully helpful in this situation. The, there was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of money being plowed into podcasting. And again, here is something where, where podcasting, I, I think, is not fully taken advantage of yet, in that the podcasting is, is treated as being very similar to radio because it's a bit like radio. And it is. It's, it uses the same medium. It's about sound. It uses some of the same software, some of the same equipment, some of the same voices are, are doing radio and podcasting. And yet it's very different and there's the opportunity to do other things. And so uh, what you find with a lot of platforms now with the advertising that's put in around dynamic inserts and so on and so forth, it will come as a pre-roll, a mid-roll and a post-roll. And I like to ask the question, why? And usually the answer to that question is because it's always been done this way. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the, exactly the thing. It doesn't have to be done that way. And you don't have to have a huge audience to make money on your show. I'll say that again. You do not have to have a huge audience to make money on your show. Traditionally, the way... Okay, the elaborate works, elaborate on that. Okay, so traditionally, the, the way uh, revenue works in TV and magazines and newspapers is you use like a, a drift net fishing model. Okay, so you basically cast your net far and wide. So you would maybe sponsor, you would put a, an advert at Super Bowl. And this advert will cost you 10 million pounds to be on Super Bowl because uh, a billion people around the world will see this advert. And so you'll spend that money. You go, well, a billion people are going to see that. It's money well spent. Yeah, of that billion people, how many of those are your customer? How many of those are people that are, that have a need. Oh, right? depends on your product. If it's a toothpaste or if it's Coke or if it's, uh, I don't yeah. know, KFC. So basically, potentially, like lots of, I don't know, 50, 60%. Potentially lots of people, yeah. Potentially 50, 60%. But there's some really interesting figures as well when you look then at the retention from TV advertising, cinema advertising, radio advertising, 
and also podcast advertising. There's a lot of wastage in that and return of investment. Whereas with a, with a podcast, what you'll find is is there's much more recollection and retention of the of the name and the product, especially when the the podcast host themselves has talked about the product. And I very much believe, and and I'll be completely honest here, this is this is my opinion. This is my approach to it. The evidence is not there, otherwise everybody would be doing it. Is that using a podcast is the ability to to be instead of drift net fishing, you're fishing with a laser sighted gun. You can mm. target exactly who you want. And, That's true. Yeah, an example of that is is the the mixed martial arts show. Now that has a relatively small audience, particularly in in the in the first week of release. Ninety over ninety percent of that audience are serious martial artists, martial arts instructors, people that run martial arts schools or businesses. And so everybody who's part of that show, part of that community, is um, living and breathing martial arts. And so if you have the right product, the right sponsor there, it's a perfect fit for everybody. And we, we ran a sponsor uh, a, a while back on, on that show. The reaction and the response and the return was incredible. Okay, coming back to the on the left side, uh, were you able to earn some money on the on that one? Yes, yeah. So I was able to earn a, a, a lot more money than traditionally. So the CPM that I, I, I should have been getting, I should have been having 50 fifty times the amount of downloads I was getting to make the money. But we were able to do deal with an online supplier uh, that was very specific. And actually, that, that that worked both ways as well because for for the and and this is what we we don't realize is is we always think about oh the, the big sponsors. But there's lots of medium sponsors and small businesses out there that cannot afford to advertise on traditional media. So it's quite expensive for them to run an advertising campaign, whether it's in a newspaper or on a on a radio station. But if if you can make that approach, make that connection, and you can give them that audience, it's so worth having that conversation because the connection that they can make, especially when they see what that audience is and they they know what the show's talking about, they can buy into that. There's a wonderful opportunity. Now, not every show, it's not very easy to always go, okay, well, this show is this product or this show would fit this product, definitely. But it's worth thinking about and using that and using that approach. And that's, so, so you, you find yourself in a situation where a show that may not be commissioned to be on a, a radio station or a, or a TV station because it's not seen as generating enough listeners could actually generate more money potentially than a show that does i'm still not a millionaire however so i'm still mm-hmm. i'm still in the process of proving this okay okay so since Ant is encouraging me to not to have these limits on our timing so yeah <laughs> we're already running out of time but i'm going to continue with a few more questions because actually we have a few important topics to tackle i'm just i'm just going through some of the, the comments now So I, I wasn't looking at the phone, but yeah. So yeah, if, if anybody has any questions, I'll try, I'll try and answer them. Oh, somebody, somebody agreed with something that I said. Thank you, Annika. <laughs> yeah, and someone said, I think don't mix business with pleasure. Yeah. So probably yeah, also I, very true. I, 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 can, I can relate to that as well. Kat is asking, could you please talk about starting out as a podcast creator and targeting the right audience and monetization? Yeah, so if people want to start their own podcast or small podcast production company, let's uh, talk about what are key things that they have to keep in mind. Okay, so the, there's various ways you can do that. It depends on who you are, first of all, 
what your passion is and what your skills are. So if you have a passion for audio and you have the skills to be able to edit and uh, you've got the equipment so that you can record interviews, that's a very useful thing you can start doing straight away. You know, there are people all the time that are looking for somebody to help them do that. There are people that run their own businesses that want to have a podcast, but they don't really know what a podcast is or how to do any of it. And if you can solve that pain point for them and you can say to them, look, I'll come, I'll record it for you and then I'll make it. Then you can agree and you can work out a deal with them and you can you can make a nice little living starting out doing that if you just find the right people. It depends on where you want to go. If you're talking about a podcast for yourself and kind of make money from that, Mm-hmm. The thing I would say to people always whenever I'm doing a consultation, when I'm working with a new client, first of all, is the why. Why do you want to make a podcast? So is is it because you want to make money? Is it because you want to express yourself? Is it because you want to learn something? Is it you want to increase your networking? There's all many different reasons. Find out the why. The why is very, very important uh, because that will sustain you as you keep going. And then you figure out uh, the what and, and that drives you forward. Now, it's quite daunting going into, if, if you want to go and make a podcast to make money, it's a little bit, it can be a little bit like going, let's make a viral video. You can, mm-hmm. make, a, you can make a video. But, yeah, which never works. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think the important thing there is to make something that you want to make. And if you're doing it as a business, you still want to get paid, even if nobody listens to that show, which is which is something you need to figure out. There's many different ways of doing that. If you want to go down the route of, of a company, it's very attractive at the minute because if you're creating formats and shows and structures, that's very attractive to a lot of big TV and film networks. We've seen it recently with Dirty John and going back Law and even Sword and Scale, I think, was in production with Hulu. And so what happens is for a TV network, they can spend a lot of money on pilot season and they, they spend a lot of money on actors and putting everything together and then they wait to see if anybody likes it if somebody's already created a podcast they've already created a body of work they've created a universe and they've also created an audience so that makes it very easy for them to sell so there's a lot of money and investment i would be very careful though if you've got um I, i'm hearing lots of stories at the minute of people who are giving away their intellectual property and uh, mm-hmm. the rights on their uh, what they've created. What's the potential risk with that? Oh, so so the potential. So uh, there was somebody I heard a story of recently who gave away the rights to all their podcast and the, the, simply for being able to use uh, a studio to record it, a professional studio. But now the studio owns all the marketing rights, the the, the merchandising rights, so on and so forth. And yet there are other shows where I know. You know, you, you could be making tens and even more of selling the format to the network. So it's always worth having some legal advice from someone and an expert uh, before you go down that route. I predict that's going to be, at least in the medium term, that you're going to see a lot more of these things happening because it's a safe, it's a relatively safe investment for traditional content creators like TV networks or big radio networks to come and buy something that's already been created, that's tested, that's battle-tested, and that, you know, has done something without a budget or without resources, has managed to generate a dedicated audience, even if it's only a, a, a thousand people. You know, that's been done without any resources, without any massive investment. And so when the company comes along and goes, well, we've got this engine, this war machine, we can invest in that. 
that can really drive those ideas forward. So I would say to anybody that's creating content out there now, not to hide your idea away from people, but just to be protective of it. And so if somebody does, does ask about that, do seek the correct advice. Right. I think that. we're... Yeah, I just seen Anna Kit said, always read the fine prints. Right. <laughs> very true. I think uh, we're here getting some very valuable advice for free. So you guys have to be really grateful to Ant. And Scotty is asking, I'm curious how much money is marketable money-wise a month. Can you answer that? Uh, no, <laughs> because, because I, I, I don't think that's actually, you know, capped at them. I, I know people that are struggling at the minute that are hardly making anything, that are trying to live their life. And I know people that are, are making huge amounts for what for them is, is, is just a bit of fun. I, again, it, it, it's still in the early days, so it, 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 there, there's no limit. There's no limit on what, what it can happen. And I think a lot of it is down to your your drive, your ambition, and and your talent. Uh, however, you'll still find people with without talent that make a lot of money, uh, uh, and people with talent and ambition <laughs> that don't have the drive to make money. Right. And follow-up question from Scotty: uh, Is it enough for you, Aunt? <laughs> yeah. Is there could always be more. There could always be more. Uh, yeah, of course. No, so it's been okay, and what's been really nice is it's been an education as well. And so there's been ups and there's been downs, and it's a journey. So I think it's very similar to anybody that you speak to that is an entrepreneur, which is, is kind of what being a podcaster is a little bit like. Right. And people are asking, are you on Twitter? Can you just uh, tell us how to find you on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. So just come and follow me. I'll just put it in the chat now again, but it's at Ant McGinley, and uh, I'll also put in the, the handles for the shows that I do uh, if you want to follow them as well um, so even though at the minute we're on a little break with on the left side you can still follow us there because even though we're not doing audio we're still doing the odd little joke about especially the women's world cup at the minute we're just like picking up on different things that have happened around that right okay is uh, that on Instagram too yeah that's a really useful um, thing to do as well is so when you're choosing your your show name try and get the same handle across all social media platforms if you can Sometimes that means you've got to really think about what you're going to call yourself and maybe change it. But it's a really nice and easy way to do it. So, for example, I'm at Ant McGinley on Twitter and on Instagram. We're at on the left side. I think actually, oh, I think on the left side, we missed that one. So we're actually on the left side pod on Twitter. So, okay. um, yeah, that, the ideal is to have the one name all across. Yes. Simple Life is asking, how did you advertise your show? To begin with, we just sent it to friends, you know, and that's the thing. We just started, we just started making it, and we sent it to friends. We put it on social media, we put it out there, and we had maybe, I think, eighty listeners the first. No, not bad. Yeah, so that, within the first month, we were on about eighty listeners, which I think was probably um, the combined amount of people that we knew all over. <laughs> But the 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 funny thing with that is we've had things where we thought we would get lots more listeners that didn't happen so for example we we, we featured on the bbc on uh, a, a national show where they reviewed us twice actually you know in the period of 18 months and then we also uh we we were nominated twice for an award and won an award and um uh, because we got the bronze rather than the gold um, that didn't really have an impact either 
And so <laughs> things that you traditionally think, you, so, so critical acclaim does not necessarily boost your audience. And sometimes it's really odd things. And, and still we, we find out like really odd things. So we had a spike last week. So I think we had suddenly just 654 unexpected downloads one day last week. Uh, which, oh, really? So above, above what we would normally get. And how did it happen? Do we you don't know? know. We don't know. So that's the thing. So, and it's this weird thing with podcasting still because we're in the early days of that. You go, have we really got lots of listeners? Or was there some cosmic radiation interference? Or did somebody just literally talk about us on another podcast and bring that forward? We don't know. Right. So, it, it, it was a pleasure. It was a nice thing. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. So, so always, always take it. You know, if, if that happens, just go, yep, that's great. What's really nice to us is when we, we look at the statistics and, and when we go through them is through the, the beta statistics on Apple is we get a 98% listen rate. So people listen to 98% of the show, which is one of the advantages of doing a really short show. So I think people oh, are yes. more likely to, to listen to most of it. Although I did have this wonderful thing. There's a thing in football where uh, managers and players will sometimes say that they'd give 110% and everybody always says, well, you can't give 110% because that's impossible. And then um, when we first got the Apple beta statistics, one of the episodes had um, 105% uh, people uh, people had listened to 105% of the episode and i think that was like i glitched in the apple <laughs> statistics but that was that was yeah that was nice and, and just i don't know if people saw this but um libsyn have a show called the feed and they talked about this recently and just yeah this is an interesting one yeah yes. just 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 for the people that are out there if you have over 1100 listeners per episode you're actually in the top 20% of all podcasts in terms of listeners, which is amazing. And, and, and then even again, if you get over 124 listeners per episode, you're in the top 50%. And so people often say to me like, oh, I've only got, I've only got 80 listeners to my show. But that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. It's more people than, than most people will have at a wedding. And I think focus on the number that you've already got. Focus on the people that are listening. And that's what, what I really like about the live casting is I can say hello right now to MetaMinds and I can say hello to Simple Life and Scotty and Aniket because they're listening and I'm connected to them. And you know what? They're more important than the people that aren't listening. Now, it would be nice to get those new people in listening, but these people are so important right now because by them enjoying your show and by enjoying Podbytes and coming back and listening to it again and again, right? They will engage with you more. They'll listen to you, more of what you say. They'll take more interest in your guests. But also, they will become ambassadors for your show. They will talk about it. They will write about it. They will share it on social media. And they will really help grow your show. So if you can build a connection with your audience like that, that's really important. So all, all those people that I've just mentioned and everybody else that's been in, Ian Chan as well, just you know, thank you so much for listening. And, and this is how podcasting grows. Right, exactly. And uh, they're already ambassadors so for the Catbox and for the Livecast. And they also got their show. So uh, you also, I think you're very welcome to join to the, their show, Simple Life has got her show and MetaMinds, they also got their, their interesting show. And MetaMinds, thanks for your comment and for your applause. Comment from MetaMinds. Interesting chat. We have been reflecting on the industry a lot recently and our place in the podcasting space. 
So do you want to call in? Just, yeah, let us know if, if you want to call in, just feel free. Yeah. Also, if anybody's going to podcast movement in Orlando in August, I'm going to be there. Right. I'll be speaking on the Wednesday morning, but please come and find me and say hello. I'm quite easy to spot. Big, tall, bald head and a big red beard. <laughs> okay. We all should meet over there. Yeah, Renee, say great to see you there. Oh, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I think I met Renee very briefly two years ago in, in Anaheim at Podcast Movement. And I, I, that's when I first came across CastBox and was very excited yes. about what they were doing as a platform then, particularly with their search facility to be able to search for audio. And again, with with what's happening now with, with this live casting function. And also as well, the ability for this to, I think there's a lot of people like myself with a background in radio that have come into podcast and that has become a barrier for people because people think, oh, I need to understand how to record and how to edit to be able to make a podcast. And the wonderful thing about this is we literally, right now, we're just having a telephone conversation through an app. And at the end of this, it's a telephone conversation that other people can li- listen into. But at the end of this, a few clicks and presses, and this will be available as a podcast. And that ability to simplify it, while it may not be the most amazing piece of audio anybody's ever heard, it's a really great way to get people in. And I think that's that's a very powerful way for podcasting to grow. It's not it's not necessarily what I'm doing as a podcaster. It's what the people that aren't podcasting now, it's what they're going to do tomorrow when they start podcasting. Because they're going to come in and they have a completely different idea of what can happen. What can be right? Uh, right. I, I would call it uh, not just a phone conversation, but uh, like a fun conversation uh, with uh, so many additional features. Yeah, actually, it's great that we can uh, we can read the comments and uh, we can uh, receive the calls in real time. So, Renee is saying, "Long time no see, and let's sync up soon in August." Yes, love to. Simple Life is saying that she has started uh, her podcast too, thanks to Castbox. That's great. Uh, Scotty is saying Livecast and podcasts are good for engaging like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Scotty, and thanks for following and thanks for your comments and gifts. What I promised to the listeners and to you, Ant, uh, is to do a brief recap on the recent podcast day in London. It was a recent, very interesting event. So uh, could you share three key takeaways from the event? Wow. Okay. Three key takeaways. Well, first of all, it was great just to be in the presence of of podcasters that I look up to, that I aspire to. So uh, George the Poet, for example, to to be there. I I didn't get the chance to meet him, but to be able to uh, be in the room and hear him talking about his process and how he creates what he does. And again, that's a wonderful example. If, If you've not heard it, I really urge you to go and listen to it because it will challenge you because it's so different to anything that you've heard before. It's not just that it's not even about the poetry, everything else, the soundscape, the stories that are told. And it's hard to see how two years ago, three years ago, that show would have happened anywhere. And now it's this podcast that has rightly won. It won five awards at the British Podcast Awards, which is a wonderful thing that I've still never got a nomination for. But this year, (laughs) year, that will be my year. You're working on that. Yes, yeah, yeah. That well, I mean, there's always something to work towards. But you know, as I say, awards, awards. You know, it, 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 but then I think sometimes they mean something, sometimes they mean nothing. But when you've got a show that's winning that many awards, 
and there's that buzz about it there is really something special going on on there and so yes we got to meet many great people like that there was i know we mentioned it earlier but cliff Louet was there who is a intellectual property uh, property lawyer and he talked about that and for me that was one of the most important sessions there because i think there is a, a, a it's very easy to think about you as a podcaster as just being a hobbyist and there, there is that aspect to it which is fun and we enjoy that and it's lovely to do but if you always think of yourself as a hobbyist somebody will take a, can take advantage of that and so actually you what you the work that you're doing the things that you're creating are, are of value and so make sure that you value them and, and that's what that session was all about and so just as i say as i said earlier be, be careful before you sign anything to do with your podcast don't give your rights away um so easily and then for me the other takeaway was just how wonderful it is to be in one place in a room with all those people so i think was there three four hundred people at the event 400 400 and something and that was wonderful because the people from all over the world although it's radio days europe we, we had people from from all over and the really nice thing for me was with, with that podcasting can be quite a solitary activity like you will spend a lot of time by yourself in your wardrobe talking to the wall and <laughs> and then you upload it and 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 nothing again this this is one of the really nice things about uh, using the live cast is because you can get the feedback straight away. But when you go to one of these events, it's amazing because you're sat and you're talking and you're walking, you're queuing up for lunch and you start a conversation with the person next to you. And, you know, they're, they're doing something that you never thought of or never heard of, or they're making a load of money that you never thought was possible. Or they've just taken. I don't think, by the way, they revealed any numbers. No, but some, so, yeah, I'm always cautious of people who tell me how much money they're earning. But, uh, yeah. But you can you can you get this excitement about what people are doing and, and and where they're going, and also what's great is that you turn around and you just have a conversation and it's oh hi I'm Ant and hi I'm Jeff and we got chatting and we were chatting for maybe ten minutes and then somebody says so yeah so um Jeff does um welcome to Night Vale and I was like oh my god mm -hmm. wow you know this is this is a huge podcast that's you know probably on three and a half million downloads a month and i've just been talking to this guy and he's, he's as down to earth as anybody i've met and what's wonderful about him when he talks about his story as well is his story started off very similar to mine and probably very similar to yours and he doesn't he doesn't sort of claim to have a magic formula for how things happened it just did by doing that and so that's kind of inspiring in a way as well to, to meet somebody like that and then at the same time so i'd, I'd be talking to him and then i'll, I'll suddenly turn around and the next thing I'll be talking to um, Zach, who's in charge of podcasts at Google, which is quite a big job. And mm -hmm. then he's a product people, manager. Yeah. Yes. So which it, it's, uh, it, it's quite a big product to be involved with. And then, you, you know, the, the, there's other people that you that I've maybe met before. And it's just it's just a wonderful community. And I think there's something really nice. And I can see it in the comments right now as well. I, I see in the comments now there's a wonderful energy about podcasting and i hope it stays i hope it stays it's different to other media other, other media events there's a little bit of almost like i, I don't trust everybody 
yeah, uh, a podcast event is more like a family event. There's there's a really nice energy bet- between people. It's really supportive. People are, are willing to share and people are willing to listen. So whether it's the, the next podcast day or something similar, maybe it's just a meetup group that's happening in your city. You know, I highly recommend going to that because it will really energize what you're doing uh, podcasting wise. And if nothing else, I'll, I'll see you in Orlando. Uh, Annika is saying, I love Welcome to Night Valley and all podcasts from the Night Valley Presence Network. Alice, isn't that is probably my favorite among them. Um, question from Annika. Do you have any advice about podcast hosting service or platform? Uh, the, the, the one thing I would say on that is that there's so many out there. That there's, I, I, I was involved with an article uh, ages ago about trying to sort of review them all. And we suddenly, at the time, there was like 50. And we're like, okay, we're not going to be able to do that. Because I think while we were writing the article, more popped up. And so what I would say is, I, I, I'd say what's important with a podcasting platform is on a really simple level, use, use something that you have a friend who's using it as well. Because that's really useful to get, you know, um, somebody that can speak your language and understand you to help you find your way around it. And also just, you know, reach out to them and explore. And, and most of them will offer some kind of trial service as well. The, the other thing is just before you sign up to the service, think about what you're going to do. So if you want to have four episodes a month and each episode's an hour, quick rule of thumb, you're going to need one minute, roughly 60 megabyte. One, one minute is roughly a megabyte. So 60 minutes is an hour, four hours. 240 megabytes so you will need that as a minimum to do your package which will affect how much money you spend on it um, and i right. think i think it can be very easy to spend too much money at the beginning and if if anybody's coming to podcast movement in in orlando the talk that i'll give on the wednesday morning is is a talk called pod from nothing so if you're just starting out you're just a listener of podcasts you want to make your own That keynote that I give is all about how you can actually just do it without paying any special equipment, without going out and finding the next big idea, um, w- without having to have any skills per se. Um, now, obviously, Livecast has come away and offered a different way of doing this. Um, but I, I've written this <laughs> keynote before. But this is, it, it just shows that quite often when you're starting, you'll ask lots of really good questions, but the questions that you don't really necessarily need to have the answer to. And um, one of the things I'll, I'll just well, listen, if I can, a lot of people say to me, I'd like to make a podcast, but I don't know what to talk about. And what they don't realize is that they're already talking about it all the time because we live in a, a world of society now where we're constantly creating content. We just don't have the perspective to see. So what, mm. I, what I quite often do is I ask them to give me their phone and open their social media. And by going, through, oh, right. by going through their Twitter, their Instagram, their Facebook, I'll go, well, that's what your show is. That's what you want to talk about. And in fact, you've already got audio in there from videos that you've made when you've been at these events. So you've done those things and you can create it. And that's what you're already doing. They just don't have the perspective to see that. Yeah, I like, the, I like this advice, really. I'm full of great advice. <laughs> <laughs> True. Paul Desenia is saying, I've also found the podcasting community to be unusually embracing of newbies. It's nice. Yes, yeah. podcasting communities like that. And I really, I really hope that we can hold on to that 
uh, as an industry. But I, I, I see now that there's the more investment and the more money that, that's coming in, it will probably change at some point. So, but I, I hope not. I hope not. Okay. Uh, it's really great to talk to you, Aunt, and uh, we have to wrap up. But before we wrap up the show, what is your official grooming advice? My, my, my official grooming advice for, for beards? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, um, just a nice wooden comb and uh, have a little bit of oil and just, uh, yeah, d d don't, don't feel the need to, to, to cut it all the time. That can be something that, that you can get quite obsessed with and very quickly your beard disappears. Um, so, for any, so if anybody wants any more specific beard grooming tips or anything about podcasting, please come and find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Ant McGinley, and I can link you through to all the podcasts there as well. And that's a wrap for the show this week. You are listening to PodBytes. We were joined by Ant McGinley, who is a radio presenter at CommunityCorp UK and producer of several podcasts, including award-winning football funny show on the left side. Ant, thank you so much. Uh, thank you. And uh, just let me do a little plug as well to my employers, or they'll kill me. But we have a new show that's launching the week before the Premier League. It is the Premier League Daily. And we also have shows dedicated to each Premier League as well but it's all under the banner of the sport social again i will i'll put links to that in the chat oh great and i hope it will be available i mean i'm sure it will be available on castbox and oh, i hope Best you to listen <laughs> and i hope you guys will tune in and listen to the show and subscribe and follow and bring more fans to you and and again thank you so so much uh, it's been wonderful thank you so much for for having me here and also Thanks for, uh, you know, showing me how great it is to actually be part of a live cast. Uh, it's really inspired me. And I, I know a lot of you listening right now, uh, you do your own as well. But if you're not, get involved, even if you're just calling into somebody else's show like I have today. Ah, wonderful. Thank you guys for listening and asking questions. Please make sure you subscribe to the show. You can click on the show picture. Uh, there is a follow button. Please make sure you click it so you will receive push notification when we go live next time. And you can see the upcoming live shows on the livecast page of CastBox. Use the app, call in, ask questions, and interact with your favorite hosts. I'll see you next week.